This is exactly right. Welcome to my favorite murder, the mini sode. That's right. We're making hand gestures at each other before we start, and you can see them because this is being videoed for the fan cult. It's kind of like mime combined with conducting, and it doesn't really work. It doesn't. <laughs> Nobody can conduct and play. <laughs> it's really hard to do with this. Yeah, it's dramatic. Here's a mini sode. Are you ready for it? Do you want to go first? Sure. Do it. Okay, my dad collected dead bodies in Yosemite. Oh. Hi. I was listening to episode 174, where Georgia covers Mount Everest, and it made me remember a few stories my dad would tell me when I was a kid. <laughs> my dad and his two older brothers were avid rock climbers and all-around outdoorsmen in the 70s. They have several first ascents in various national parks, and at least one of my uncles used to travel around the world for rock climbing events. Show wow. They yeah. all also worked on one of the first prototypes that's led to today's harnesses used by hang gliders. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Among his many <laughs> epic stories, <laughs> one like being at a dinner party. Oh, oh fascinating. fascinating. Interesting. Hmm. One that's really stood out to me is that my dad and his brothers would go up to Yosemite in the early spring and work the whole season collecting dead bodies as they defrosted from the winter. What? This is a follow up to me saying stay out of the forest. By the yeah. Way. Okay. A particularly gruesome one was a hiker who'd gone up to Yosemite Falls too late in autumn. He fell down the falls and ended up in the bowl where his body stayed frozen throughout the winter. I'm sorry. This is so fucking gruesome. In the spring, the falls started to thaw. And as it did, my dad remembers waiting for the hiker's body to come down to the bottom. I don't remember if they were able to recover all the different body parts, but I was more fixed on the visual he painted with this story as I was maybe only 12 years old at the time. Wow. My dad and his brothers would do this kind of work all spring for quite a few years, and the money they got from it enabled them to take summers off and do nothing but camping, hiking, and rock climbing all over California. And going to therapy. And going to massive amounts <laughs> of therapy. They used a lot of those tragic deaths as examples of what to be cautious of when on their adventures. I have a few more interesting stories I know you would like to hear, so I'll make sure to write them for another time. Stay <laughs> sexy and be safe on the trail, Kiki. I mean, it is an incredibly generous service to provide yeah. because it's not it's unlike you you it's like you can't just send in regular EMTs right. or regular coroners or funeral home people. I don't know who actually would normally go pick up those bodies, right. but it's like you'd need specialists right. and people who who could and and it's a service for those families. Totally. I mean, totally. But then ugh. you don't need to tell your twelve year old about it also, in addition I to feel like I think you know, we in in a lot of these emails that we get, people <laughs> get told stuff. You know, yeah, they get told stuff by their parents. And I think that's why they become listeners of this podcast. So we have, yes. we should thank those parents' bad decisions I mean, over wine. It's not the worst to just be like death. You might as well get used to death yeah. being a real thing. Because yeah. the longer you pretend it doesn't exist, the more shocking it is. That's a good Maybe point. Maybe that's the thinking. Yeah, that's a good point. Here's mine. 
Weird vibes and truth be told. What a great subject line. Yeah. It starts like this. Beautiful humans and precious fur friends. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The summer I turned 14, I was staying with my aunt and (laughs) they mean candy striping, but they wrote candy stripping. (laughs) (laughs) You sure they meant candy striping? 14 year old candy stripping at the hospital. I hope not. (laughs) Wow. I will call CPS. Wow. Aunt M is a badass, all on her own, above and beyond being an RN in a time when misogyny was commonplace. She kicked ass and took names from day one of her RN days. To this day, I love spending time with her and hearing all the tales and stories she has to tell. Some good, some not so good. Needless to say, her life experiences served her well. The day that we were on our way home from the hospital after her shift and got hit from behind. A state patrolman came and cleared the scene, sent the other driver to the hospital. And as my aunt and I were fine, she had to give a statement. Now, me being 14 at the time and never having been in an accident before was scary enough. But I was even more scared when the officer insisted that we both get in his patrol car so that he could take the statement. I remember her asking him why we had to get out of our car as it was raining. He again insisted, so we did as he asked. Let me tell you, ladies, Mm. the longer I sat in that car, the more terror I felt. Something was off. Mm. This officer was adamant that I sit in the front and in the middle part of the seat with my mom in the passenger side. She was furious at the whole situation, but gave the statement and got us out of their ASAP. When we got home, she was talking with my uncle, who was a former patrolman, and asked why the patrolman might have asked us to get into his car. He had no idea. Fast forward several years. Aunt M and I wrote letters back and forth, and it wasn't unusual to get a letter in the mail from her. So imagine my surprise when I opened this letter to find a newspaper article from her town newspaper that stated the very same officer that insisted I sit in the car closest to him had been charged with several counts of child molestation. Holy shit. The light bulb went on and I knew instantly why I felt the way I did that day. Even being scared from our accident, I had a weird vibe from this guy. They put him away for several years and he died in prison. My aunt is a survivor of SA and she knew that day that something was very wrong and she was right. Sorry this is so long. Keep up the fantastic work you do. So proud of you both for living your dreams. Stay sexy and listen to your gut, L. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fuck, man. Fuck that guy. That's the thing about the, like abuse of power and a, and a person like that that's like getting people at their weakest mm. most scared most vulnerable point and then doing stuff like that it's like jesus christ and, well fucking women knowing their gut and intuition something yeah and getting pissed and just being like enough of this yeah Ugh. oh my god that's terrifying okay mm-hmm. this one's called almost murdered on the side of the freeway Hi, ladies. After listening to Georgia talk about the man who helped her in the middle of the road when her car broke down, I had to write this one in. Let's hit it. (laughs) I love those. Like, let's get to it. Let's get in. Here we go. I love those. (laughs) Years ago, I was in my old Dodge driving to my dreaded night class. Shout out to Santa Monica City College. What's up? I dropped out of there. Hey. Hey. When all of a sudden my car started making a very expensive noise. <laughs> Genuinely thinking that my car was going to explode and leave me dead on the 101, I pulled over on the side of the freeway. 
never do that. But you remember when you and Vince did it? I'm saying you and Vince because I was in the car screaming at you guys not to do that. (laughs) And then he got out of the car. There was like a palm frown under your car. I I ran over something because I couldn't swerve because we were on the five south. Uh Uh-huh. And so I ran over what I thought was the lid to an igloo cooler, like a right. styrofoam lid, but it was not. And it basically ripped the bottom of my car <gasps> off. And then I had to pull it. Then I was dragging it. Yeah. And I had to pull over and it was mayhem. It was mayhem. I was screaming we- at both of you and you were blowing me off. <laughs> both of you were blowing me off. But I will That's say, right. I will say one of the things that I have, I learned along with take your fucking lint out of your dryer trap is even if you fuck your car up, pull over off of the freeway. Do not pull over on the side of the freeway. Like, even if you're on your rim, fuck your rim up rather than... Right. Anyways, I'm done. Fuck it. I was just doing what the what Vince told me to no, do. No, no, you was, totally were. It's all... I, I just didn't know what to do. And it seemed like... Am I wrong to remember the sparks were involved somehow? They might have been. It might have been dire. However, it, it seemed was at a little night dramatic. on the freeway. It was at night. It was bad. It was terrible. I was like, well, there goes my husband. <laughs> there goes our life. That's right. Um, da, 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 side of the freeway. My dad, who grew up in NorCal, terrified of Zo- Zodiac Killer, had quite literally ingrained in my head like the Lord's Prayer to never pull off the side of the freeway. So there I was, 19-year-old me with an amazing metabolism and zero <laughs> car experience. Yeah. I go, oh, we've been there. Knowing that I already couldn't afford what was going to be wrong with my car. I got out to examine if anything was smoking or leaking as if I had a plan when I look up to see headlights pulling off the freeway behind my car. <sighs> the car parks and sits there for a few seconds and out walks the most giant man I have ever seen in my life. He started to walk closer and closer to me, and all I could see was his silhouette when, uh, with the headlights blaring behind him. I, my heart was pounding as I clutched my keys and began to thread my house key between my fingers as self-defense. I scanned his face for details that I could give to the sketch artist. He was about <laughs> 6'5", 250 pounds, a huge beard, and tattoo sleeves on both arms. Hagrid? Oh. <laughs> With tattoo sleeves on both arms. Yeah. He came up and asked if I needed any help. And I calmly explained that I was fine and my car was just making noises from the engine. He quickly began to examine. I looked back at his car and started to memorize the license plate when I saw movement in the back seat. A hostage? A child? (laughs) After just a few minutes of watching my own Forensic Files episode play in my head, the man started to laugh menacingly. Turns out nothing was wrong with my engine, but the little flap on the bottom of the car was just falling off and wailing in the wind, causing it to make the god-awful noise. He went back to his car to grab zip ties. When I saw little (laughs) chihuahua ears pop out of the passenger seat and excitedly begin to yap. Menacing people don't have chihuahuas, right? No. No, nope, no, only good people. He came back and zip tied the plastic piece back to the bottom of my car. And over the zooms of the freeway background noise, he explained that I had no reason to be scared. He was a mechanic and was also a student at another nearby college. My guard rested as I realized this man was just a big teddy bear type that just wanted to offer a little bit of kindness and help a clearly freaked out young woman. (laughs) After zip tying the flailing plastic on the bottom of the car, he asked me out on a date. (gasps) I wish I could say that we lasted and went off to get married, blah, blah, blah. But after a few dates, I finished the semester and transferred to a college out of state. 
I still have never told my dad this story for fear of him literally disowning me as a murdering a daughter. <laughs> Stay sexy and listen to your dad for once when he talks about cars. <laughs> Kylie. Uh, hey, I like even just a passing love connection is still yeah. exciting because that adds to the element of the full 180 yeah. of going from fear to abject fear to dates to dates to make it out at a bar to make it out outside the pizza parlor. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The title of this email is the Scarface of UC Santa Barbara. Oh, Hi, friends. I was recently listening to an episode that mentioned Stephen attended UCSB, and after a bit of good old FB stalking, it turns out I was studying there at the same time as him. Small world, in parentheses. This took me on a trip down memory lane, which reminded me of a story that I tried to forget, and it involves, you guessed it, murder. My best friend and I used to hang out with a group of bros at UCSB circa 2006 to 2010, one of which was named Kirk Galvin. Most weekends, we'd strolled down to his Oceanside Place in Isla Vista, ready to party the night away. At some point, Kirk established quite the coke habit and eventually sold it to friends, etc. One night, I took a gaggle of party betches... <laughs> a gaggle of party betches over to his place, and he had a Scarface-style mountain of cocaine on his kitchen counter in plain view from the balcony sliding glass door, and was enthusiastically encouraging all the ladies to snort what they wanted with a rolled-up $100 bill oh, he provided. fuck, that gives me just, I feel dirty just hearing that. It's just like... Red flag central. Yeah, don't do coke, like, you guys. It's dirty. Also, and in that scenario, it's that is you're never. This is never a no strings attached right. scenario. When someone's like, "Look at all my drugs. Do you yeah. want free drugs? Those are not going to be free." If someone actively, especially a okay, if a dude actively encourages you to get drunk, to drink more, to do drugs, to like, that, yeah, go away, go leave, go bye. Yes. No, that that's that should all be your decision. Yeah. You get to put on the brakes anytime you want. Yep. And uh yeah. Be careful of mountains of coke yeah. in any scenario. <laughs> Truly. Okay. Even if it's just you and your betches. We're only halfway through this email. Oh, okay. At one point during the evening, his $100 Coke straw went missing and he snapped. Oh, he went from being this chill party guy to a visibly angry psychopath in a matter of minutes. He was positive it was one of us who stole it. He was not in the least bit reassured by us emptying our pockets mm -hmm. and offering to let him look through all of our purses. In fact, this seemed to make him angrier. Hi, I'm a huge red flag. Nice to meet you. <laughs> And we were honestly terrified that he was not going to let us leave this apartment until it was found. This is and this is what we're talking about. Yeah, because drugs are in the mix. You can't people are going to be erratic and bizarre behaving mm -hmm. yourself included. Mm -hmm. Like it's all it's all. Oh, yeah. OK. Mm -hmm. We were relieved when he screamed that we'd better get out of his house now, and we jumped at the opportunity. We took our monster heels and tiny dresses and got the hell out of there. We <laughs> we partied onward into the night, and we decided probably we shouldn't hang out with our newfound drug lord anymore. Other than the occasional creepy request to take one of us dress shopping so he could, quote, see you in the dress I bought you, shudder. Really? 
We didn't hear much from him until a year after we'd graduated. In July of 2011, we found out that Kirk had murdered his uncle at his father's house in Orange County, drove with the dead body in his car two and a half hours to the hills of Santa Barbara and set it on fire. Holy shit. Two hikers came across the corpse and Kirk was arrested soon thereafter, claiming the devil was in his head and voices told him to do it. (gasps) Cocaine is a hell of a drug. He is now in prison and we are all just glad we said no to more free cocaine and dresses, managed to stay sexy and knock him murdered. Go Gauchos. Love you all, Sarah. Damn. That is the darkest UCSB party story I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Stephen, have you heard of that one? I think I remember the part about the the burning the body in the hills because because there's a lot of fires in Santa Barbara. So that like would already be like such a red flag of like those those tree like that area gets on fire a lot. So somebody actually purposely going out there. That's terrifying. Uh, yeah. Fuck. And then and then there's so much more terrifying. About yeah. It. Yeah. Oof. God. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. 
There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Uh, all right. Well, this one is from the fan cult. But hey, if you want to hear one more story from each of us in the fan cult, it's there as is the video to this. Okay. Maybe the owl theory isn't so crazy. <laughs> First responder story, lighthearted. Mm. My husband is a midnight duty police officer in a suburban, somewhat rural part of Maryland. So every morning when he comes home, he regales me with his adventures from his previous shift. Like the time he had to break up an after hours skinny dipping pool party at a public school. Nope, <laughs> at a public pool. I meant. <laughs> Oops. Um... <sighs> that would be very different. But my favorite story happened two summers ago. It was a hot, humid summer night. The dispatch radio was quiet. No service calls. So he decided to check on the neighborhoods in the more rural part of his patrol area. With the windows down and the music turned up, he was driving down a dark, desolate country road when all of a sudden he heard a loud swoosh right by his face. In the next second, the cruiser was filled with flapping wings and feathers everywhere. It was an owl. Oh, shit. An owl had flown through his open driver's side window and became stuck in the tiny space between the windshield and cruiser cage. So just as like, it's like a two-seater fucking yeah. area. Oh, my God. As my husband jerked his cruiser to the side of the road, he and the owl screamed in each other's faces. <laughs> my husband dove out of his vehicle with the owl making a swift exit afterwards the cruiser's interior was covered in feathers and there were some scratches on the dashboard and steering wheel from the owl's talons my husband was fine just shaken up he thought the owl must have been attracted to the lights of his cruiser's computer mm. so stay sexy and maybe just use the air conditioner while driving on hot summer nights <laughs> danielle holy shit that would be scary remember when we first started the pod do you remember and we were driving down like fucking somewhere in hollywood and you had your uh what's it called open sunroof sunroof and a crow almost flew directly into your car like fluffed yes. and like couldn't fit its wings in or something yeah we heard it it came so close to coming in yeah that we heard it and it was like took up the whole sunroof it did it like shadowed it was, over the car crazy and that meant that was it turned out to be a good omen that was the magical omen of the crow that's right 
And that's it why said five we- years of good podcast look to you, ladies. <laughs> oh, we said, okay. And we said, sounds good. Uh, subject line is hometown hatter. Hi, Karen and Georgia. Huge MDM fam. And then there's a winky <laughs> smiley face. Yep. MDM forever. MDM. I grew up in the mercury capital of the world. I mean, the hat capital of the world, <laughs> Danbury, Connecticut. You mentioned it recently on an episode about Victorian arsenic dresses. Other than being the birthplace and home of Charles Ives, being the hat capital of the world that was most drilled into our heads as children, our high school mascot was even a hatter whose giant head donned our senior year. Oh, my God. Uh, Anyway, by the time I was five or six, all of the hat factories had closed down for good. My grandfather spent a good deal of his life working in one of those factories. While he did not die of mercury poisoning... Traces of it were found in his body when the autopsy was done after his death. Wow. After all of the hat factories closed, the buildings and land remained mostly uninhabitable due to the mercury in the soil. Wow. Yeah. Jump forward to today. I am the director of education at a domestic and sexual violence resource center in Danbury. Recently, the city gifted us one of the old hat factory properties. We worked with the state and the EPA and completely cleaned up the land and just opened a transitional facility for women and children in need. Wow. Proud to say that a piece of history that did so much harm now does so much good. That's a fucking hooray, Matt. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. Such a good email. What a <laughs> twist of that ha- that harkens back to a story you covered and then also harkens back to things that we support all of us murdering us. That's amazing. Yes, that's a beautiful uh, Matt, you nailed it. You did it. You 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 threaded the needle. You did. You, you did. You got a hundred percent on your test. Well done. <laughs> Beautifully star. done. And wow. thank you for your work. Uh and the work you do. Yeah. And every incredible. everyone. Everyone uh, in the hat factory and doing that work. That's yeah. beautiful. Wow. Um, yeah. Is that it? That's it for me. <laughs> That's it for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'll quit if you quit. I quit, for sure. <laughs> Let's do it. Work. Uh, thanks for listening and sending your emails. Continue to do so, because we fucking clearly love them. You guys are the best. You do such a great job. Thank you for being here. And uh, and if you're watching on the fan cults, thank you for being a part of the fan cult. Totally. Just hold that down. <laughs> also stay sexy. <laughs> and don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Associate producer Alejandra Keck. Engineer and mixer, Stephen Ray Morris. Researchers, Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Send us your hometowns and your fucking hoorays at myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. And for more information about this podcast, our live shows, merch, or to join the fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>